0: <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the HMG Rampage Uncaged Show right here on channelattitude.com. <laughs> I am your host Jimmy T and as you can see he is the magnanimous, I would be screaming this out right now but it is 5.30am for me so I can't, he is That's the fine. glorious, he is the professor Chabelo Vera Cruz. Welcome back to Rampage Uncage. It's been a while since you've been on Uncage, as a matter of fact. Are you ready to talk AEW wrestling?
1: Oh, yes. The professors all in for the Hameenites. The professors all in for the PWCites. The professors all in for all the theites all across the world. And on the chat, you know, they've been waiting for Uncage to come on. I've, I've been reading these chats. What is going on, man? Y'all are ready. Y'all ready to talk about Uncage? Hameenites, are you ready? Because if you're not all in then I can't be all in. I need y'all to be really, really all in, and I'm not being sarcastic
0: right now. Oh, I know you're not. And just quietly, shout-outs to you and Tommy Wonder, bro, because the reflection has been a hit lately, bro. I've been enjoying every show that you guys have been bringing out, and you can find it right here on hamimmediagroup.podbean.com, as well as the com, and people are loving it, dude. Mm
1: -hmm. I appreciate it for all the Reflectionites out there. You know, if I get some new ones, you know, it's a, it's a celebration. All Reflectionites are all And You know what? Sometimes you got to get away from the review shows, Jimmy T. You got to get away from the current stuff. That's why, you know, it's more healthier for the Reflectionites. It's more healthier for the Haminites to come back to the nostalgia, to come back into the time machines and remember the glory days of professional wrestling. Some, and I can't, and I'm going to be clear on this one. I mean, the Rampageites out there, some of the wrestling 20 years ago still sucked, too, but we have to celebrate it. We have to enjoy it because then you can look at today and you probably will talk about All In tomorrow and all that stuff and say, oh, this card sucked. This is the worst pay-per-view of all time. I will say this. I can find something worse back in the day. But that's what is the beauty of pro wrestling. We could find the stuff to, ch- to clown on, but celebration of wrestling.
0: Absolutely, man. And you can find some bad pay-per-views from back in the day, no doubt. WCW, anyone? I mean, just saying. But um, oh. before we do get into uh, Rampage, I do want to talk about the elephant in the room. And, I, and actually, I'd love to know your thoughts. But um, RIP to, to the hardcore legend Terry Funk and the tragic news of Bray Wyatt passing away also just a couple of days ago. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Prof?
1: Well, I'll give my thoughts a little bit more in detail for next week's uh, Pro Wrestling Reflection podcast. Well, we'll We're going to do like a show remembering both uh, Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, so I'll give more thought in depth on that. But I'll say this right now, on the Bray Wyatt side, 30, 36 years old, father of four, that's the most important thing for, for anybody within the IWC, YWC, uh, Jimmy. It's just that we, let's look at that first. You know,
0: yeah.
1: a wife lost her husband, you know, daughters lost the father. First and foremost, that's all that's all I think about right now. You know, condolences to Jojo, condolences to his daughters, to his kids, you know, his family, you know, Mike Rotundo, Barry Windham. Again, it's going to hit a lot of people hard for Bray. Why? Because, you know, for Mike Rotundo, he's burying his child. That's that's yeah. that's painful right there, number one. So, you know, that's what I look at. You know, on the wrestling side, from what I've seen for the last, and I'll, I'll be realistic here, I've seen the IWC be hypocritical. You know what I mean? I, oh, I've, I've seen, seen the it. IWC be more holier than thou. And, you know, I got the receipts, Jimmy. Some of the people in the IWC, you know, before the, the Bray Wyatt tragedy, y'all were clowning him. Y'all were saying all this stuff. And then, you know, you and people really went into the character. People said he was selfish and all this stuff when he was not on WWE TV and all this garbage, you could say. And they, and people ran with it. People trolled on it. And you know what? Now you find out that he has COVID. He had heart palpitations and all this stuff. Now, do you feel, you know, you should feel like a dick. You should feel stupid because this man was going through some things. You know, let a person's. Privacy, you know, let a purpose in private life be private. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for that sentiment. And I and I, and again, and I won't be a hypocrite to myself, Jimmy, because, you know, I can be critical of Bray Wyatt's character. I can be critical of the booking and all that stuff. But I'll say this. The positive about Bray Wyatt is he had a vivid imagination for the business. He had a vivid imagination for his character, where he wanted to go. Now, the only thing I can be critical about, uh, about is that, you know. He blurted too much on one extreme and couldn't come back to the realities of wrestling. You know what I mean? That that's all it was. But that's a that's just a simple criticism from the professor. But I still love the character. I love the fiend. I love the Firefly Funhouse. He is one of the last kind of characters you could say that was larger than life for the kids. You know, like John Cena is and all that stuff. Bray Wyatt tapped into a different spectrum with his, you know evil psychopathic ways with the Y family then he then he just changed with the Firefly Funhouse and The Fiend and kids could actually wear the mask uh, and you know be you know and I remember Big Ray saying his son dressed up like Bray from The Funhouse so it it captured a moment with the kids but you know the Mark Todd y'all ruin it Because, you know, he lost to Goldberg. He's over. It's over. Hell in a Cell was the worst match in wrestling history. Oh, the Fiend character is over. See, that's the problem. You can't celebrate a character. You can't celebrate, celebrate his imagination. We go too extreme on one end. We go too extreme on the other end. So with that being said. And then for Terry Funk... I grew up with Terry Funk. You know what I mean. I grew up on the NWA days. I grew up, you know, watching Terry Funk against Ric Flair. The trilogy we did a, you know, PWR greatest rivalries on, on back in the day. And you know, 1989 Terry Funk for the Harmony Go check him out. He was good. He was awesome in that NWA day of 1989. And then put the he put the pile driver on Ric Flair on the table at Russell Ward in 1989. Ooh, that was some good times. And of course. I am an ECW Mark. I cr- I had a little tear in my eye, nineteen ninety seven, when he won the World Heavyweight Championship. But I was think I was thinking to myself, Jimmy, and I was laughing because i was like, Yo, man, that was that was supposed to be his swan song. That was supposed to be his retirement tour, you could say. <laughs> and then he went on again and again and again. He became the ro- he's like the Rolling Stones of wrestling. He was never going to retire. But that's how much he loved the business, you know. So you you could take the g- I'm not going to say take the good with the bad because you know. People say when you're in the wrestling business, you know it's the drug, you, you feel the crowd, you feel the emotion. And some wrestlers can't get away from that. Terry Funk can't get away with that. That was his drug of choice. He was high on the crowd cheering, he was high on the crowd booing. And you know what? Terry Funk loved the business. And you know, and the one thing you'll say about him that no one can deny Terry Funk loved the business so much, he elevated. Just like Cody Rose said on SmackDown, he elevated a whole goddamn company because he said, I can make him, I can make him, I can make him, oh, I'll definitely make him. That's yeah, the dedication yeah, exactly. that we I wish that today's wrestlers would have.
0: I can make him and him. I sound like Paul Bearer, if anything, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. absolutely, man. He was he was one of a kind, he was the hardcore legend for a reason. But people forget also before his ECW run. I mean, his Japanese run was legendary. His his WCW runs were great. His WB runs, eh, they're, they're okay, but it wasn't on the Do, NWA. Well,
1: you know, then the 1980s, Terry Funk was okay because he beat up that black re- uh, pedophile ring announcer. The 1990s, <laughs> yeah. uh, Terry Funk, that's Chainsaw Charlie, so you can give a pass on that a little bit, but that's okay.
0: He was part of the cream team, wasn't he, that ring announcer? <laughs> <The> cream team. <laughs> Mm -hmm. i better not go there but uh yeah if you want to check out the professor's perspective on those in more in depth go check out the progressing reflection when that drops at hamimidigroup.pubbean.com and at the pwcnetwork.pubbean.com and retro rocket review in the chat says oh wow this prof knows his shit okay cool i will not abuse him yeah he's the local abuser over here at hmg Prof, but yeah, he didn't I can't I can't was, call so.
1: myself the I can't call myself the professor without at least knowing a little bit of exactly. shit. So that's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: That's why he's the professor retro or Canada spaceman, whatever you go by these days. But um I just want to thank the chat. We got a lot of people in the chat. What up, Elizabeth? What's going on? She's in the house. Chris Willand is in the house and uh he actually says within the month we lost Iron Sheik, Pee Wee Funk. Well, did we lose P- <laughs> Pee Wee Funk as- oh sorry. Pee Wee make yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I th- I thought for a moment, remember Keewee?
1: Oh yeah, I remember Alan him. funk.
0: Alan Funk, yeah. ironically, that he's also a funk. Wyatt and today Bob Barker, all WB involved, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you
1: nice. know. I mean, you can look at Bob Barker and Terry Funk living a natural life. So I mean right, I can't exactly. I can't like you know cry about that. I mean Bob Barker died at ninety ninety eight, ninety nine. So, you know, God bless him for making it to almost a century and God bless Terry Funk for making it to almost 80. I mean, that's a natural life for what he did and put his body on the line for.
0: Absolutely, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be lucky to get to, 30, to 80. Put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's living your life, man. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, what up TN? Uh, Cooper? Oh, is Josh is that? my man. What's up, Josh? Josh, what's going on, Josh? Thoughts and prayers go out to their families and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, yeah, man. And Big Nick is in the house. He was cutting all the onions last night. And go and check out his show also, man. Great show that he's got. And um, who else is in the house? I think that's uh, that's about it. Unless I'm missing... There's a lot of... Retro, you're funny, man, with all the comments. Just quietly.
1: Jesus, man. Retro's on a roll. You got to do it. He's got to do it. He's got to represent.
0: Like, like our very own Chris Williams says, Retro is on the crack today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Victor! Calm the fuck down, bro. Please.
1: Maybe anyway. maybe Retro is like crying on the inside because of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. And this is his like therapy right now. Just to keep commenting and keep commenting.
0: Maybe. Whatever I mean, works. Drunk. And there you go. Look, Chris Willans says the Professor's latest PWR What If show is superb. Thank you, Chris. Cheap plug. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Thank you. And thank you for what you guys do, man. You and Tommy Wonder are the shit.
1: Literally. <laughs> We try to, you know, put a little spin on the nostalgic because you just can't talk about, you know, old episodes too. So we we put a spin on everything, but you know, this is your show, Jimmy. We got to talk about what it is, you know, because you know it's all all about AEW right now. It's all about supposedly eighty one thousand, you know, screaming fans at Wembley Stadium, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying that being sarcastic because again, right. we'll see we'll we'll see it out there. And again, I'll I'll look at it this way because you can look at it from many standpoints. I'll say I won't kind of ramble on the, on this, Jimmy, because you know. I think, again, this is the, I'm not going to say the hypocrisy, but the tribalism of the IWC, YWC. Of course, when it comes with the AEW and WWE, you know, what's the first thing you see, Jimmy, about the Wembley Stadium show, about the attendance? You know, oh, well, you know, is this the accurate number and all that stuff? I mean, it ain't going to beat 93,000 at WrestleMania three again. But I'll say this, you know, how many times do you want to tell somebody that Santa Claus doesn't exist? That's the beauty of Christmas. So you can't enjoy 93,000? I know it's not real, Jimmy. I know that it was like 79, 80,000. But but WWE keeps doing this. You know, WWE, you know, they almost had 80,000 Wembley Stadium in 1992. They've had, uh, of course, WrestleMania 32. And, of course, that is the one that's funny with the tribalism because it ain't 100,000. But then, you know, I've seen a lot of, like, sleuths on Twitter. You know, Dave Meltzer reported about WrestleMania 32's attendance since 2016. He had four different numbers in four different tweets in about four years, in a four year span. So, you know, it is what it is. So let's enjoy what AEW supposedly has gotten, right, Jimmy? If they got 80,000, kudos to them. Let's clap. That's, you know, wrestling wins, okay? But then after we see the, the pictures and then after we see the turnstile numbers, then make fun of it, then troll all you want. But right now, we gotta celebrate it, that's all I'll say.
0: Absolutely, and Elizabeth says a good point in the chat saying, I'm sorry, who's fluffing cares? There is every flavor of wrestling for every fan. Why can't people just take the pieces they love and let everyone else love their crap too? Absolutely, you're spot on Liz, for sure. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I mean, I'm, I don't remember, look man, as before we get into Rampage, I just wanna say one thing. Think back to the days during the 90s, right, especially, when ecw was thriving wcw was thriving wwe was thriving i don't remember that sort of tribalism back then bro
1: oh no there like, was no th- th- there
0: was bad though it wasn't this bad maybe because the internet was still new at the time but it just yeah didn't feel... i felt like the ecw fans especially were more accommodating to outsiders coming to watch their product
1: no you don't no. think so no i was in i was in the trenches jimmy so i'm speaking for myself and i speak because we got tribal for a different reason because we got tribal in a sense since we were the tri-state promotion first because well, it was philly then new york new jersey and all that stuff we got tribal because we wanted to get notice that was the first thing Absolutely, absolutely i understand right. where you're coming from but first and foremost we wanted to get respect so when you had the ecw shirts on it was a brotherhood it was being tribal but it was more about us make you know kicking the door in and getting ourselves noticed and getting our respect because that's what we never felt we got from WWE fans or WCW fans. We never got the respect Which because is, we were so...
0: There was a lot of truth to that too, mind you.
1: Yeah, so th- when, when we felt like, you know... That they would disrespect us because we're rinky-dink. We're in, a, we're in the 2300 bingo hall arena. You know what I mean? So that that's what it was. But I'll keep saying this. ECW saved wrestling in the 90s because of their presentation. And because of their presentation, it made WWE get an attitude. It made WCW get more reality-based. And you got what you got. And that's why we got the Monday Night War. So that's all I'll say. But there was a little tribalism on the ECW side. And I was well, in
0: WCW, actually, I'll, I should take that back because the southerners you know, were all in for WCW and used to hate pretty much your good old Northeast wrestling in um, up north with D- New York. You know, New mm-hmm. as WWF was labeled. It still is, actually, in many ways. But, um, right. yeah, I mean, that were the good old days. But today's one is just toxic. It's feral. And a lot of fans are in denial, man. And when I say in denial, the AW fan base especially, who like to call everyone that praises WWE, WWE Mark Tards and Shields.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, I'm sorry, but
1: they're fucking idiots, man.
0: At the end of the day, why can't we just be fans of professional wrestling? And that's that. Like,
1: yeah. we don't need this and, and consider most of the people from WWE came to AEW and vice versa. So, you know. The, as MJF said on his like media tour in oh, England,
0: great, but, oh, we're
1: cheering for that. each other. We're watching each other's matches. So why can't the fans do the same thing? That's the problem right there. If the wrestlers are cheering for, for the boys and the girls, why can't the fans cheer for both? And that's what it is. A All in, 80,000. So for WWE fans, you should clap. And then in WWE fans, they get their 80,000 at, at a stadium. Then AEW fans should clap. And then the old quote, wrestling f- wins. Let's just remember that. That's
0: it. Why can't we rejoice in that instead of being "Ah," to each other? But you know what? Look, WWF is like the home team for me in many ways, right? doesn't mean I don't like AEW. I hate the Mm -hmm. product right now. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Well, it sucks. You know what I mean?
1: Are you critical of the product? It's natural. Everybody's going to be critical of the product. They're going to be critical of the booking, storylines. And, you know, I've heard the, the same criticism about, I mean, All In, you know, people said that tony khan has rushed the booking you know what i mean he's rushed like certain matches and i agree to that to a certain extent you know yes but the problem with that is you know the formula that he had in 2019 and maybe 2020 to build a story on every dynamite it's a little bit different now because he has another show to carry over he has roh to carry over so you know he has to he, I think he's trying to get more storyline-driven every week and then using the pay-per-view as his buffer. And again, thats I'm not saying that works. I'm just saying that's what he's doing right now. he He's kind of missed his formula a couple of years ago where every dynamite then builds into the pay-per-view. But, you know, it is what it is right now. But at least one story was has been built, and that's the main event, MJF and Cole. We can't deny that. That's been beautifully built on AEW television, and now we, it's going to come to a head at well, All In. It,
0: it has, but at the same time, I feel like like I was into it. They're going to be wrong, but the last couple of weeks has been sort of the same old, same old, where it just feels like what happened this past week on Dynamite kind of is exactly what happened the week before on Dynamite, but each to their own, I guess, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally complaining about it, but.
1: Well, I, I will say that I'll say this for a boss, for Tony Khan if you're going to plan to do a show overseas, make sure your wrestlers have passports and are okay, you know, traveling back and forth and make sure your ducks are in a row because the way you booked, and I know what you're talking about. I remember the air Fox thing, you know, know your exactly. ducks in a row before yeah. you plan on a match. You know what I mean? that That's the thing. That's the quick booking that he did. That kind of sucks for, for all intents and purposes. I get you, Jimmy. I'm not even, I'm not even arguing about that, but Again, that's the formula. But he's got to know his personnel and he's got to know their day to days. Again, for A.R. Fox, I'll say this. I've heard reports that his grandmother died. You can't plan that. No one plans that. No. But you know what I mean? But if you have visa issues, that's the one I'm talking about more. If you have visa issues, don't book me or don't plan a storyline if you can't get out of the goddamn country. That's the one that's but, you know, personal family stuff. I will give you a pass. But if you do visa issues and you're still booking somebody, we've heard the same thing with Wardlow in Canada. So, And Jeff Hardy can't go overseas, too. And, again, we, we're good. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago about the cash wheeler thing, you know, with the gun. Cash we've cash heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He Cash is part of the Bullet Club now, but neither here nor there. But... <laughs> when when that that story hit yeah he's part of the bang bang gang really but you know people were saying could he even get into the uk you know with that kind of issue you know laying over him and again we don't know on, on the uk side they could deny his entry but i think he's already there so it's not an issue right now it's you know but that was one of those questions building up into that so if you book shit make sure the visas make sure your personal shit is in in order you know wwe makes sure so you know more, 90% more than the AEW is doing right now. I mean, you can't you can't deny the facts. How many no, nights?
0: Facts. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. WWE at least have got friends in high places because they managed to get their wrestlers into every country, bro. Jeff Hardy got into Australia, for example, which is strict to get into. So they, they've, they've got friends in high places. They managed to get their wrestlers in, whereas uh, AEW just doesn't seem to have the connections. Like... Vinta Kelly McMahon has.
1: Hey, sponsorships. (laughs) WWE works for sponsorship deals, corporate uh, partnerships.
0: For sure. Look who's in the house. It's Charles The Hammer Evans. That was his wrestling name. Actually, as a matter of fact, he's a former OVW alumni. What's up, bro? What's going on? What's up, Charles? Yeah, The Hammer. He's motivated, which is good to see. And also, our very own Israeli friend. In Aaron Ben Shlomo, and he's in the house. What's up, Aaron? What's going on? And I think there was one more that joined us. That, well, man, I can't be bothered going through it, but whoever it is, thank you for joining us. But, but anyway, let's get into Rampage, shall we, Prof? Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we start off with Orange Cassidy defeating Aaron Solo in a match, surprisingly, that was kind of back and forth. And for a minute, I almost wanted Solo to win this match. I knew he wasn't, but still. But for me, the star of this match, I mean, can, can we say that Cameron is got so much charisma in this so-called QT faction, whatever you want to call it, if that's even a thing anymore? To me, she reminds me of Jillian Hall, but 100 times better.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is, like you said, because of QT Marshall and... He- QTV is kind of in limbo because of what he's doing right now and, you know, being the Latin American champion, all that stuff. So is he already going to drop his other QTV members? Because then when you do that, then no matter what Cameron is doing, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like she's just there to fill up airtime and Aaron Solo is just there to fill up airtime. And then, you know, you need a formula. If you're a faction, that's the formula for the faction. So they're challenging, you know, for the international title and Orange Cassidy. This is like the defense number. Is it 30? I, I lost count. Yeah, like, yeah. Actually, I'm,
0: you're spot on because bang.
1: Yeah, Josh this is the, the 30th challenge. defense, you know, and for Orange Cassidy, you know, people could love him or hate him because of, of the character or the lack of character that he has. But I'll say this. He's the workhorse of AEW. He's put his title on the line. You know, they've booked him to put the title on the line. The only problem is, you know, people are mad about Roman Reigns in three-plus years and burying everybody. Orange Cassidy, I'm not saying he's burying the AEW roster, but you know what? Who, who can beat him now? Who can beat him? Other than John Moxley, which is the only person I can really think off the top of my head that should beat him and beat him handily because of the booking of Orange Cassidy is, oh, all these defenses are tiring him down. His body's worn. Well, he's still winning. So what, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for a broken leg? Are we waiting for a broken shoulder? And then he's trying to defend it because he's the hero. And he's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not afraid of any of of all competition. Then John Moxley comes in and beats the shit out of him in 30 seconds and takes the title. Fine. That's your story. That's what you've been working on for 30 defenses. Plus. Okay. If if that gets your rocks off, cool. But you know, (laughs) what is that doing to your AEW roster of challengers? You know, you could do some simple things, Jimmy. and, And I'll say this, you know, for other people that are on ROH and, you know, and other people that are on, like, Rampage and, and all that stuff and not getting the TV time, you could do top contenders matches for the international title. And then, you know, Orange Cassidy doesn't have to be backstage just look at somebody and be like, you want a shot? Good. You know, it works <laughs> a, that, one week and then it doesn't work another week. Right, right, but again, right, how's that roster looking after Orange Cassidy has, like, obliterated 30 of your guys? He's literally
0: pieced orange juice all over the whole roster, man
1: mm-hmm
0: literally i mean yeah you, but you know what gets me about them pushing orange Cassidy the way they do if you look at the numbers he's not actually a draw
1: a draw of what like the viewerships in ratings right uh, okay well i again we don't well according to wb discovery they got different numbers than the uh Rustonomic numbers you know oh, 2.5 million watch every week of, of dynamite supposedly so you know again
0: oh, please I, you know what's even more disturbing, Prof? The fact that the the boss of the company is a freaking Orange Mark, literally.
1: I, I again, there's a positive and a negative for that. You know, he's a fan. You know, I, I saw in the comics that you know Tony Khan was an ECW Mark. Yeah, but he's he's a fan first and foremost. You know, again, he might have not liked the WWE product. He might have not like the WWE presentation. He might have like drifted to the ECWs. He drifted to the alternative again. stuff. So, you know, and that was his motivation and God bless him for that. But you know what? Yeah, he is an orange Mark. He, he dressed for, he dressed up as orange Cassidy for Halloween. So, you know, exactly. it is what it is. So if you, if he thinks that orange Cassidy is one of his pillars, so let's, let's go with it. That's why I said, he's the workhorse of AEW. You can't deny that. No, I'm not,
0: you
1: can't. I won't That's deny cool. that he, he he puts effort onto that. But again, We've seen three years of Roman Reigns and people are mad that he has the belt that long. But on the flip side, we've seen 30 defenses of Orange Cassidy and people are equally as, as either frustrated or like, okay, where are we going with this? You know, It's kind of carried too much. Who's the right guy? We, I said it weeks ago. Swear Strickland should have been the AEW international champion when they should have pulled the plug on that. They didn't pull the plug. Might have been a racism thing, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, I'm just saying again, where are we going with this? If there ain't gonna be, if John Moxley doesn't beat Orange Cassidy for that belt, then there's something wrong here. And yeah, then then you're right, Jimmy. That that, that Tony is an Orange market, and he's trying to prove a point here with all these defenses.
0: Whatever, whenever, right there you go. See what I did there? Well, Zayn vicious is in the house saying, "Wait for that heel turn." What is in with Orange? That would be all right. I'd love to see that. I think that would work better for him, considering he's gimmick really when you think about it prof he's kind of heelish.
1: yeah but he, he doesn't care either way that that's the that's the gimmick of, of him so you know it the whatever doesn't mean it, it's a heel
0: <laughs> they pulled the plug all right
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh where, where is that comment josh says in the chat who would you have beat orange for the title prof i'll ask you that first before i give my answer for that who is well, after- the one and not billy gunn obviously
1: yeah well i said it i think john moxley i mean th- you, when you had that built john moxley looked at Orange cassidy john moxley should be the guy that to take the international title you know give it more give it prestige that john moxley a former aew world champion is now gonna fight for that you know international title give it a little bit more star power i'm a, i wouldn't be a, upset with that again you you got a, a lower tier of, of guys on the roster. Are you going to use Powerhouse, Hob- Powerhouse Hobbs? Are you going to use Wardlow? Are you going to, you know, what are you doing? Again, Orange Cassidy is beating everybody. So that, that's I, the problem.
0: What I what still puzzles me, dude, is how the fuck do you fuck up Wardlow? I mean, he was hot at one stage, only for them to literally extinguish him big time, mm-hmm. bro. Like, I mean, he's nothing now. They're getting to the point where I'm starting to feel like it's like uh, with Dolph Ziggler, right? You know, everyone used to love Dolph. Right? Mm-hmm. And then WWE just kept de-pushing him, kept de-pushing him to the point where the fans just had enough and were like, you know what, fuck him, right? That's how I'm starting to feel with Wardlow.
1: Well, I, 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 I still have hope. I still have hope for Wardlow. I think the, you know, his look, his appeal is there. It, again, it's just like don't give them the don't give them a TNT belt and then have them lose it in one or two weeks. That's the it's yeah. pointless. But Listen, if anybody man. needs a heel turn, Jimmy, it would be Warlow. That's if again and and for Josh's question, I said John Moxley. But then if Warlow pulls the trigger on the heel thing and destroys Orange Cassidy, there you go. There's your new champion right there. That gives him a little bit of momentum. That gives him a little bit of oomph into. You
0: know, on TV. Well, like Josh says, at one point, Wallow was their Goldberg. It's true. But now he's their Gilbert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and Zane Vichy says they pulled the plug on Warlo. They Well, yeah. yeah. Not only did they pull the plug, they cut the power. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Like, cut it. And look who's in the house. It's the common king himself in Todd Brantley. Hey, yo. And um, Liz also says in the chat, it's like Lance... Luchasaurus, Big Bill, any larger guy who is going to not get a real push because those guys represent the guys who picked on TK in high school. We've been saying that for years, Liz, that he's spot on. As a matter of fact, Chris and myself, when we started podcasting way back now, like four years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, we started the skirmish where we talk, you know, AEW, Dynamite, we were saying as a joke from back then, I kid you not, that if if you're over six feet and over 280 you're a jobber. You're going to get jobbed out. Now, I said that as a joke. No shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Just,
0: you know, that's what I saw one week, and I just said that. And but you, you turned
1: know? it into no, <laughs> Nostradamus.
0: Yeah, I did call myself Nostradamus for a little bit back then. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, it actually came out to be true. And it's crazy, because how do you have guys that big look like jobbers? But like Liz said in the chat, could it be the fact that the big guys, maybe your big jocks back in... High school, were picking on TK. Could it be that?
1: I'll answer Elizabeth with a movie. If you ever saw Revenge of the Nerds, that's what happens. Uh, The nerds got their revenge.
0: And, you know, what else is a tragedy? Hobbs. How do you screw Hobbs up? Why has he still got his book? Why the hell is he still snitching? Why is he still walking? I have no idea, Prof.
1: Well, you got at least another couple of days before all out. So it better make some sense for Chicago. And then from after Chicago, then you better do something with Hobbs and you know, pull, you know, pull the plug, not pull the plug on him, but you know, put like that dynamite thing. on him and, and make them something big in collision because that's why you got collision. You know, for the people who couldn't get on TV on dynamite, you got a platform on, on collision, you know, the only thing that it's worked for a collision is like Ricky Starks. It's worked for the bang bang gang. You know it's Absolutely. work it's supposed to work for hobbs it should work you know warlow should be there again punk should like see these guys and say you know give them a chance in collision i can make them a star
0: for sure i agree todd brantley says i like to avenge the nerds but that's not how you book a wrestling promotion <laughs> <laughs> well not on not in tk's uh case but anyway it is what it is let's when, when nerds
1: are the... ceos todd when nerds are ceos in any company and they see like a jock that they know. They, they'll hire them for janitorial services, and they will abuse them because they want to do something like that. It's a it's a psychological thing, Jimmy. It's, it's actually proven. It's very it's very psychological. They'll hire the 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 jocks that that bully them, but they will give them low menial jobs and abuse them.
0: Right now, you're spot on, dude. Absolutely. Well, look at that keyword prof platform. Mm-hmm. It sure is. And Zane says, "Look who the EVPs are. Are you calling them nerds, Zane? Just saying. Um, Anyway, uh, can I just say, like I said, can we give Harley Cameron her flowers? She makes me laugh, dude. Like uh, this match, she, she for me, she was the star of this match. Even the interaction between her and Orange was kind of funny with the stupid kicks that he does." And who's well, going on the, the, the funny
1: spot was Aaron Solo being, you know, g- getting oh, behind Haley, yeah. and while she's getting kicked by Orange Cassidy. So that was that was the pop of the night for for that match right there. So it worked its purpose. It, it worked to get the crowd going. You know, they served that, their purpose to, for that match. Did Did Aaron Solo really deserve a shot at the international title? No, he's not even on that. He's not even that class to even should should be in that class right there.
0: But that's the issue with his
1: friggin' company dude
0: like how do you give out total sh- like what's the
1: if it was a title eliminator match i'm cool with that to get right. you know for that i'm cool give it an eliminator match and orange is doing what he's doing plus his defenses but you're doing the- he's getting a shot no i'm not i'm not with that i'm with you jimmy
0: it just it doesn't make sense dude and they've been doing this week in week out where they just give random people like literally random they must pick it out of a hat it's the only other way- you know i can make sense of this shit. But, but
1: jimmy you've been doing you've been doing the skirmish for a couple of years you know that ranking system is is has been gone for a while right now <laughs>
0: ranking system <laughs> i thought wins and losses matter in this company i guess not anymore
1: it's good for stats but it doesn't matter for rankings tk learned its storyline
0: <laughs> and told me the comment of the evening saying i'll give harley cameron anything she wants yeah even the big Valbos boss valbowski todd heh, heh, nah. Liz says it totally is just going to say as a writer of uh, unalived people in stories that pissed me off.
1: (laughs) It happens. It happens.
0: You're funny, Liz. That's why we love you, man. Um, But anyway, let's move on. As I said, Orange does defeat Solo. In a back and forth match, surprisingly, that shouldn't have been as competitive as it was.
1: That's the story because he's he, by the 30th defense, he's tired, his body's brittle. You know, the moves, the, the counter moves that he should do quicker in like defense number 15, he can't do in defense number 30. So, that's the, that's the story. I've been told this. The story is all these defenses is making his body tired. He, he's, you know, it's it's gonna catch up with him and he's again.
0: Weak he's hand, gonna catch the, the weak punch, up. Yeah. supposedly. You yeah, emphasize that as a matter of fact that you know, he struggled because. He had a weak arm, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah.
1: And it, and it's funny because, you know, like one of the matches, I forgot who worked on. I think it might have been Swerve. He worked on his hands to, like, make the punch not not feel powerful. Right, Jimmy? Right. What's right, happened exactly. after Swerve? What's happened after all these defenses? Have you seen people work on the hand to weaken it? So technically, it should be a little bit. I'm not saying it should be 100%, but it should be like he could still punch somebody. <laughs>
0: Zane says he's Shawn Michaels
1: in 96. Hey, yeah, he's he's never that. had a smile, though. I'm just, you know, that's, that's just me. He's
0: That's true. He lost it from the start. There you go. Yeah. Spot on. Well, um, anyway, let's move on, though, to the next segment, because we see JR having a sit-down interview with the Triple A Championship. I'm going to say, uh, like, uh, Master P. <laughs> that's what we like to call it here.
1: At, was that the, was that math P or is That that what you do on the toilet? You know, that's that's uh-huh. the way it sounded.
0: It's a little of both, a little of both. Oh, but uh Gotcha. It, <laughs> you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, he interviews the Triple A Latin American champion in QT Martial, as QT is sick of all the false narratives about him, like how he only gets opportunities in a, in AW due to his relationship with tony khan well he goes on to say this belt he is one of the best there is in the ring despite always being underrated and undervalued he's going to get the respect he's earned by defending the gold starting tonight uh prof Uh, how,
1: how did he get that opportunity because of his relationship with tk to go down to Mexico to go for the title so kudos he actually told the he told the truth without trying to, you know, with being a little bit uh selfish about himself. That's the that's the the thing I get right here because again, the gimmick of QTV was good. I like QTV segments, Haley Cameron, but you need QTV. I mean, you need QT, you need Harley Cameron, you need Aaron Solo, you need that package. So this way, I could actually tolerate QT Marshall on my TV. Now you got him, you know, him and Johnny TV. I don't again have they broken away from the, the 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 rejects because then now you're calling Harley a reject she wasn't <laughs> out there with it. it was it was Johnny TV and QT so you know it is what it is right there but you know good for Q I'm not again the journey of QT Marshall I remember him from uh, Ring of, Day. of Honor days right yeah yeah and you know his uh de- you know his association with Cody Rhodes and the Nightmare Factory again you know you I can applaud Q.T. Marshall behind the scenes because of the value that he brings, but on my TV, again, everybody, you know, to each his own. I'll watch him, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like him.
0: You know what, man? I'm going to say something that's probably going to be unpopular. First of all, I actually didn't mind this promo of his. Right, <clears throat> I actually thought it was actually not too bad compared to other Marshall promos because you know he spoke a lot of truths. That's what the IWC actually think. So he did, you know, point that out. But you know what, man? I'm glad he also said, you know, I've, I can talk. I can do this. I've got this. I've got that. But I was hoping in my head, don't say you've got the look. Don't say you've got the look. And he didn't. So he's self-aware. Like, I'm like, Cause he doesn't look like a pro wrestler. But, I, but you know what, man? He's actually not that bad. I think we, we go a little too hard on QT. He can talk. He can wrestle. I'm sure he's a value in the back with what he does. Yeah, but, of
1: course. Uh,
0: but when he comes to the look of a pro wrestler, yeah. Yeah, you
1: know, for the fans, like you know, again, as a fan, you you look at what you see in the ring. Again, you could be critical of that, but I'm not, but again, I'm realistic. I know his value is more behind the scenes. The, right. the value is the wrestling school. The value is trying to find the, the next crop of talent. That's, that's, That's what people have got to remember. And I don't forget that. But what I see on my TV, again, the only criticism I got is, what are we doing with QTV? Because then that that affects Aaron Solo. That affects Harley Cameron. Because if you push them to the side, then she could sing all she wants, Jimmy. And, you know, you could do whatever you, you could get the KY jelly. I could get that, but it doesn't matter. Because then she's just a, you know, she's a bottom feeder. She's a curtain jerker. It doesn't matter. Because then she's representing Aaron Solo. I want her to represent somebody bigger than that.
0: You know what? I'm going to say a little conspiracy to you here. I dare say if QT Martial and Johnny TV have moved away from QTV, I Mm -hmm. bet you it's because Harley Cameron was the one getting the most over in that group. And they thought, fuck that. Let's get away from her."
1: Could be. I mean once you. once the once we heard the melodious tones of Carly Cameron then you know they looked they looked like oh, uh, we're going to lose our we're going to lose our momentum here we got to do I'm something different you,
0: People like her bro as a matter of fact like I said she does remind me of Jillian Hall remember Jillian Hall's son you think mm-hmm. you are man
1: And she had something. the and she had the mole so yeah. Yeah. give Carly Cameron a mole a big ass mole
0: Oh, no, don't, please. Don't do that. But it'll be funny. It'll be <laughs> funny. But she's much better than that. But we'll see what the future holds for her, man. I think mm-hmm. she'll be great in WWE.
1: But she was there. She was in NXT, but then they didn't see yeah. nothing. So
0: Yeah, but... Well, it's like... Uh, what's her name? Um, the other Australian chick, that's uh, Steph Delanda. That's mm-hmm. Cardona. Since she's right. left WWE, she's so much better, dude. She's awesome right now, so... I, I, I rate her as a matter of fact. I didn't rate her as Persia Perosa, whatever her name was, in NXT.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Her, as as what she's doing now with Cardona, is the shit, man. Them two have got great chemistry.
1: Well, again, you got to get opportunities wherever you can get her. If you get it in AEW, good for Harley. If you get it in uh, for Steph, La- Steph that Lander, if she can do it in the Indies with Matt Cardona, good for her. You get your money any way you can. <laughs>
0: Todd says in the chat, don't give them any ideas, dude, about the mole, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> Professor, no mole for her. Good grief, Josh says. And Just Zang saying, you know. <laughs> Jillian Hall's rib. Whoa, we're getting heat for this, for even mentioning Jillian. <laughs> God damn, got, that make me seem like her. <laughs> she
1: got She got something in, in her ribs that, those times, but you know, that's neither here <laughs> <good> nor
0: there. <did. laughs> hey, I'll give her this. I hated Jillian Hall, but God damn it, I still remember the song. That should tell mm-hmm. you something. So she left... Some sort of mark, not just that mole,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: whatever it was, thanks to yeah. the boogeyman mm-hmm. in the ring. But uh yeah. And Todd also says Steph Delander is killing it on the Indies. I think Cameron should do the same. I agree. One hundred percent. The Aussie chicks are doing pretty well in the States right now. But anyway, uh let's move on because uh we see QT marshall defeating Gravity for was this even for the Latin American Championship?
1: I think it was for the Latin American Championship. Again, it, it is more of a novelty right there. I mean, is Gravity a number one contender? No, he's not. He shouldn't be a number one contender. But, of course, for AEW television purposes, he is. I don't know how he got that. But it, 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 it's a stepping stone for for QT Marshall, which it should have been.
0: Well, first of all, I was impressed with QT's, uh, you know, speaking of Espanol, mm-hmm. which uh, kind of surprised me. And Gravity... For crying out loud, why didn't we see that except for his entrance? I mean, it's dumb because gravity is all around you, dude. Like, you're not in space. But mm-hmm. wouldn't that imply, by him walking slowly and jumping around, wouldn't that imply zero gravity? I'm just saying.
1: Oh, I, I can't get into the uh, chemistry. I can't get into calculus. I failed calculus a couple of, a time or two. So, you know, I don't know the equations and formulas, Jimmy. So, you know, if he can bend uh, gravity, if he could, like, defy gravity – so to speak. It is what it is. But QT Marshall, I think we have to look at he had the look. He had the great I, I like the ring gear. You know, oh, yeah. wearing the Mexican colors. I like, you know, again, embracing what he's he is right now as yeah. being the Latin America I mean, champion. Good. Yeah. Right. He's good. So it, it it served its purpose.
0: He would be a great great he would have been like like a great job in the eighties in WWF, right? I'm talking about like uh a, a red rooster or a Brooklyn Brawler, a Barry Horowitz type. If Wait, Gravity or QT? There. No, QT, QT.
1: Oh, he'd be more of the Brooklyn Brawler, definitely. For
0: sure. Hey, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Brawler had a long career, man. It's nothing to yeah. sniff at. You know what I mean? So,
1: there are, that's, that's the problem with the IWC. They, they forget there's value in the wrestling business from the main event to the jobber because the jobber gets is the enhancement talent to get the people over.
0: Absolutely. I agree 100%. Aaron Ben Shlomo says, "I am waiting for Leatherface versus RoboCop match. Since Chris spoke about it, I want to see it. I fucking forgot about that. Aaron, don't conjure that shit, please. Hell, hell in to a Broco
1: cell. Cop. You gotta put it in oh. the hell in a cell. Oh. oh shit, that's it. I'll be done And, and with I that, need, man. and I need the, and I need a spotlight. Not, not mm-hmm. a red, orange spotlight, but you know, I, maybe the the red for blood." <laughs>
0: Zane says QT would be the brawler's flunky or would he be yeah. his fluffer, if you get what I mean? <laughs>
1: no, no, he, he, would, he would be his flunky because he'd be wearing the Met garb. While Brooklyn Brawler was wearing the Yankee garb, he'd be the flunky because he'd be wearing Met garb.
0: <laughs> that would be actually pretty good, actually, if, if I saw that. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty funny. And Todd says... That's an insult to the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs>
1: that's why the Brooklyn Brawler is, is uh, working him right there. He, you know, he, he's my flunky. He can't wear the Yankee colors. He's got to earn that. That's why you wear the Met colors.
0: For sure. And the hammer says in the chat Brooklyn Brawler apparently is in still good shape and works out. Good on him, man, if that's the case. I haven't seen him lately, but if that's true, wow. I mean, he's mm-hmm. 70 at this point.
1: He got to be in his mid 60s, I think. Mid 60s to that's 70s. Easy. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Easily. Well, anyway, QT does win the match. It was pretty one-sided. He nails as gravity. it should have been,
1: as it a- should have absolutely.
0: been. Absolutely, he nails him with a with a diamond cutter and the dirt sheet driver for the win, and that's that. And mm-hmm. gravity. I didn't know gravity was Bandito's um
1: uh, brother, man.
0: What the hell? Brother or cousin?
1: Yeah, something like that. I, I, I remember. Yeah. James. and bandito and bandito still hurts so you know we haven't seen Bandito on AWTV tv in a while so yeah, i guess we gotta strange. deal with gravity while we wait for bandito i
0: guess we do mm-hmm. well we move on from one kind of squash match to another which involves luchasaurus squashing a jobber i don't even know his name what the hell was his name for the tnt championship well it was the tnt championship match another championship match for whatever reason and whoever this trouble was, why was he number one contender?
1: But again, he might have a lot of wins on ROH TV. <laughs> he might have a lot of wins on some dark matches before the airings of Dynamite and Collision. So, you know, he's 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 earned it stripes to get a TNT title shot. So it is what it is. What the hell, bro?
0: What the hell? Championship matches for everybody, man. Heck, it's I'm going to put my tra- hand up.
1: It's funny because when you look at Luchasaurus and he is the official TNT champion, he just feels so out of place because Christian is just so perfect with the bell. He's just so perfect. He's killing it. And Lucha is just in the background. So, you know, he's taking it. He's taking it like a whipping. That's a flunky right there. He's the ultimate flunky, like, accepting, not not holding the, the TNT belt, not putting, you know, not putting stock and weight on it because he doesn't care. Christian is killing it with the with the TNT title around his shoulders, you know, the father killer, you know, he's a dead father. So, it, oh you God, know, he's dude. killing it. But then it just feels like Luchasaurus is so much of an afterthought that even his match doesn't matter right now. And he's supposed to defend the title against Darby, I believe, it All Out in Chicago. So... Am I really invested in Luchasaurus or I really want to see Christian in the ring against Darby for the TNT t- title? You know, put a loophole on that.
0: Oh No, you're spot on. I'd rather Christian any day to be in that matchup. But Luchasaurus, is, I hate to say this, man, because he's got the look, but he's so fucking useless, dude. Like, he's just useless. Like, didn't he win tough enough initially? He did, right?
1: I don't know if he won it or just uh, was I involved was- in it.
0: I'm pretty he, he, sure he was up towards the end. I could be wrong, but I know he was in the final five at the very least.
1: Probably probably was.
0: But what's funny is that WWE told him, don't ever do professional wrestling because you never will become one. And you know what? <laughs> he still hasn't learned, dude. He just doesn't know how to like
1: No, race. it depend no, I have to disagree a little bit because it depends on where. Again, Lucha Source and Lucha Underground, perfect. Oh, perfect situation. Right. Perfect scenario. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy as a tag team, perfect situation, perfect scenario because, again, you know, as a tag team, they bounce off each other. That's what it is. But they couldn't speak and had no character or charisma. I got that. But as a tag team, it's a perfect situation. Here, it's not a perfect situation because everything is going to Christian. Everything that I'm invested in is going to Christian and Luchasaurus is an afterthought and he's 6'10" and an afterthought. That's bad. And just like you said, Jimmy, your Nostradamus prediction if you're 6, you know, 6'8" and over and 250 and over is Luchasaurus really being booked well? No, he's not. He's just an afterthought.
0: Absolutely, he's just an afterthought. And but yeah, it is what it is. And you're right about him in Lucha Underground. He was great. But you also got to remember that that show was overproduced big time. You know what I mean? So, you know, they could hide all his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it just felt more natural for him because it kind of felt like more of a TV show than a wrestling show, if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah.
1: anyway. He portrayed that character for a TV show right. in Lucha Underground and here and everything else after that in the Indies and the AEW, then the character just hasn't been refined. He hasn't. He hasn't refined the Luchasaurus character. He hasn't even defined the Luchasaurus character. That's the problem. We might need him to speak. So this way he can give us something to be invested in. He can give us something to, like, say, to relate to. If Once, right. once he speaks, again, the, the aura of the Luchasaurus character, what it is, what it represents right now, Jimmy, will be gone. But then he has to refine it and make it his own when he starts speaking. Or maybe take the mask off.
0: Well, that's exactly what Zane Vicious says in the chat. They need to have him do something without the mask. His head's kind of weird, though. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But uh, I'm just saying, you know. But um,
1: What, is it it, it tilted?
0: No, I just don't like his look. I just don't like his look. Not that I can talk. I'm not saying I'm some freaking sexy
1: beast or anything like that. But
0: I'm just saying. Oh,
1: you're a sexy bitch, Jimmy. You know, Elizabeth (laughs) will agree with me. (laughs) Jimmy T is a sexy bitch.
0: (laughs) Oh, don't embarrass me now. (laughs) Come on now. Um, but anyway, yeah, Like I don't know, you're right though, he's not defined, like, what is a luchasaurus, really? What is it, a dinosaur that can wrestle, like, or fight, whatever, I guess, like, it's just so cheesy. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, Aaron wants to know, can he speak? I really ask because I do not think he can, as they first made him be with JB and now with Christian. Uh, no, he can't really speak. He's got a, a fucking uh a doctorate though,
1: I'm pretty sure. He never oh, really I mean for wrestling purposes, he never even really spoke on Lucha Underground. He just was there to be the big monster. So and now he's the big monster here.
0: And Liz says from one bitch to another, oh too shady, Liz. I touche. told you Elizabeth oh, would
1: agree. Elizabeth <laughs> would agree. You're a sexy bitch. That's cool.
0: <laughs> oh god. This is the first
1: um anyway but
0: uh let's move on shall we because um like i said that was just a a squash match and what can i say i mean there's nothing really to it but it's time but for we the have main to event.
1: well we gotta say it right it's time for the,
0: main, the time. main event <laughs> right. and plus chris is not here he he does the best tk man i thought <clears> i did a good tk but he does a, a great oh, TK. he man.
1: does a good
0: one is that Hey, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> I can't even do it. I can get the cadence, but not the voice. He can do both.
1: But, um, next time, put it on your soundboard. So this way, you just have it on <laughs> on demand.
0: You know what? I've been meaning to do that, but I fucking um I keep forgetting. I will do that next time because uh, I like how Big Ray does that. And shout outs to Big Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, next, though, it is the main event. It is Saraya and Tony Storm versus Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. Um I was, look, man, for a Rampage, it seems like a decent main event for what it is. I mean, yes, it's the women, but hey, they, they, they're they good enough in terms of in the ring. But uh, nevertheless, Soraya and Tony do defeat Brie Bacon and Karishida. And I find it funny how uh, Tony Storm and Soraya are both holding the belt together as they're walking out. Like it's both of theirs, but um,
1: you got you to gotta build it. Yeah, you gotta build a little intrigue for all in. You gotta build a little bit of intrigue in who from the outcast is gonna like outwork you know, snake the other one. Will Soraya snake Tony Storm to get her, you know, her shot at the AEW championship? Or will Tony Storm become the three time champion and all that stuff? I think for for the purposes of storyline, I think Tony Storm should win it and then break away from outcast and then you, you start that program between Soraya and Tony Storm. If you go with the hometown victory of Soraya, I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. But then again, what do you do with Tony Storm? I don't want Britt Baker to win it, even though maybe I think people want Britt Baker to become a two-time champion because again, TK, he's an orange mark, but also TK is a Britt Baker mark too because mm-hmm. it's been about Britt Baker. It's her world, and we all just living in it. So I and Hikaru Shida. Just an odd woman out because I don't think anybody. If you do a poll, Jimmy, about who should win, Soraya probably be number one. Tony be two. Britt be three. Probably be four. She'd be in last place, I think, in people's polls.
0: Yeah, I, look, the AEW Mark has do love Sheeta, to be honest, right? But yeah, I agree with you. If I was to like vote, it definitely for me. I guess it'd be a good sort of you know heartfelt feeling for everybody in the UK to see Soraya actually win the belt but is she ready to have a singles run
1: i think she, i think it's more ready for saraya to win but then have a storyline with tony storm and the breakaway of Outcast if they want to choose to do that
0: I, I like the outcasts i think they're pretty good like um and like our very own chris am says the outside hers because they really feel like a little nwo click right now they're dominating like in aw but it's but saving.
1: they but they drop that ball from the outside hers against the originals, so it I just know, you know. So the, you you put a band aid on that mess up, and then you do this, which is fine. And that's why I think that the Outcast probably is the best storyline for either Soraya or Tony Storm to win it, because you can actually build something, not to all out. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you just build on dynamite. You just keep building. You can build it to the next pay per view of I think it would be full gear or something like that if you want to do it that way.
0: Well, they're going to need full gear to build anything at this point. But, um, Liz, I just want to say, you got the comment of the night with that one. You beat out the comment king. So take that, Todd.
1: Well, you know, if Todd's Todd's the comment king, then, no, if Todd's the comment king, then Elizabeth's the comment queen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or the comment bitch. I don't know. One or the other. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but no, Liz, you killed it with that one, man. I had to put a star on that one. That's for sure. Um, But anyway, yeah, look. I'm not really hyped for this pay-per-view per per se, but um, the only thing I am hyped about, and I've said this on the previous shows, is the fact that my cable provider is showing it for free. So that's the kudos to my cable provider, which is Fox, ironically. Nice. um, Yeah, so thank you, Fox. But they're showing it on ESPN. So yeah, I don't have to pay for that shit. But how do they build to All Out after All In, dude? I mean, there's too much in and out going on.
1: You you had to do the finger thing, right? When you said all, you had I am looking at, you had to do that and now I had to address I that. Mean, but
0: come on, bro. When you call it all in and then all out and do the hokey pokey and turn about, I mean, is that what it's all about? I, I'm not sure anymore.
1: This this was the uh, I, I guess I could say something negative about Tony Khan right here because you know, you could put so much emphasis on Wembley Stadium, which is what you should do with eighty thousand people. But you didn't need to like do Chicago and have a pay per view. You could have okay. just done Chicago as the you know the fallout from Wembley Stadium. You could have done the 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 United Center for Dynamite and Rampage and Collision, and then stop it. You didn't have to do another pay per view on Sunday to do it all over again because you know when you have a fallout from a pay per view and then you do another week. Remember, WWE did this in nineteen ninety one. They did a Survivor Series, and then four days later, they did Tuesday in Texas. It doesn't work when you have a carryover in a couple of days. You got to let it marinate. You got to let stories marinate, and you got to let stories, you know, take its course, run its course.
0: Tuesday in Texas, actually, I remember that fondly. I, I liked that pay-per-view, man, as a matter of fact, as when I was young. Isn't that where with, uh, with Jake the Snake, the snake, the cobra, bit? Macho man on that event and also yeah, it was
1: it was macho man against Jake the snake and then Hogan, Hogan beating Undertaker right, to become exactly. the five time champion it the, the 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 mat the pay-per-view was okay but the business end of it Jimmy was a failure you couldn't do that right. it just it doesn't make sense and again if you're paying 50 60 well I know you're getting it for free but for the other people in other countries Jimmy for the 90,000 that bought it they pay 50 or 60 bucks. Do you want to shell out another 60 bucks for a, a B pay-per-view? Because then All out's really a B pay-per-view. It's a dynamite. It's a rampage pay-per-view, wh- whether people want to admit it or not.
0: <laughs> a rampage pay-per-view. Oh, boy. Imagine that. I mean, yeah, and that's what look, I, at, I don't understand.
1: Look at it this way. I might be the only one on an island to myself, but CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the Real Worlds Championship should have main evented All Out not be a, not be like third from the main event at all in. It would have worked there. It would have worked better for Chicago to put the real world. You could have MJF take a week off. <sighs> you have the real world championship for a reason. So put CM Punk and Samoa Joe on all out. Then you have people saying, oh, God, I got something for, I, you know, for all the American fans, all the Chicago fans. I got something to be invested in to give me a reason to go to the United Center. They haven't done that.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And um, and, I, and before we take it home, like, I just, I don't understand who was the person that actually... <laughs> sorry, I think we got a new comment of the night. <laughs> Jeez. Zane Vichy <Richard> says, Rampage.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that the name of her X, X-rated videos, Rampage? I'm just... <laughs> Damn it. I, I
0: think that beats out... Do you think that beats out the common queen's comment now i mean i don't know man that one's a good one that was real good that's good zane i'll give you that man that that deserves another star
1: there's a tie on all angles
0: (laughs) oh shit anyway sorry saraya jesus christ anyway um what was i saying that totally got me off track oh yeah who the hell is the person that that books all these dates and pay-per-views is it tk himself or they've got someone else if it's someone else
1: TK had to you know he was you know behind the scenes TK is booking the buildings and all that stuff so you know you got to give TK the credit for Wembley Stadium but you got to give TK the blame for forgetting his scheduling you know the responsibilities because he had all out he already has a tradition right there comment God okay comment King comment Queen comment God you know now we're now we're labeling people right now
0: (laughs) they're labeling themselves that's all good see uh, mm-hmm. listeners, uh, they can they can run with it all alone. We don't even need to say anything. But um, like uh, Josh says, that poor NXT title. <laughs> what do
1: you mean, poor uh, NXT title, Josh? That that NXT title was lucky. Was it? It's a collect. That's a collector's item. If you don't wash it. <laughs> mm, I'm you just saying.
0: Fucked up. You know what's fucked up? You're right wrong, bro. If if you had that belt sprogged on still, literally. Mm -hmm. And you put it on eBay Someone will buy it Some some friggin
1: Some perv will buy buy it
0: Would buy it and spend top dollar on it I I guarantee it man But but remember uh,
1: Put it this way for the perv who wants to buy it Just remember it's not her juices It's her juices So you know Like Elizabeth has to spend $1200 For that NXT belt for a reason That's what I'm just saying But
0: Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, they should have retired that the second that all
1: came out because. Well, they did. They, that that's but- why they changed it. They changed Wait, it was up. Was it
0: right away? Was it right yeah. away, though? No, was not right, right away. It? it took a while, right but, you know. That's what I mean. Like, uh, anyway, it is what it is. But, yeah, whoever booked this shit, like, for All In to be right before All Out, and I bet you TK was thinking, huh, I get it, guys. I'm going to, I'll put All In because then we go All Out a week later. And it's like, no worries, TK. Cool. <laughs> That's what I here's, think his thought process was.
1: No, but here's the problem again for AEW fans. What is your? What was your WrestleMania before All In? Right? Was it Double or Nothing, or was it All Out? That was supposed to be your big pay per view. Now you got a. Now you got a quandary. Now because if you want to do All In as a traditional yearly stuff, I'm not saying that they're going to do All In every year in the stadium. But again, you've already solidified All In. Is it? A five-year anniversary of the, the first one, or is this going to be a yearly AEW traditional pay-per-view that you're going to have to top that? You know, again, Vince McMahon, whether you love them or hate him, always thought about, well, Wrestle- I did WrestleMania 1 at Madison Square Garden, but I'm thinking about next year, and I'm thinking about the next WrestleMania, and after that, where am I going to do this? So he already did all in and Wembley Stadium. But then there's two problems is all in traditional or is all in something special that you're going to wait another five years? Because if you wait another five years, then cool, whatever the case may be, then all out is still your signature pay-per-view event for the Chicago people. But if you got all in on your on your calendar right now, then you're going to have to do another state. you got to go to Jacksonville or you got to do, you know, Texas Stadium or you got to do, you know, what, what the, the fulham stadium that he has the soccer team or something like hey, that.
0: that that would be all right because the fulham stadium is actually it's very old but it's very unique i like the look of it it'd be different that's for sure and it's called craven <laughs> cottage and I, uh, ironically there's an actual cottage r- right mm-hmm. there like in the stadium which is kind of funny but yeah sorry prof continue on
1: no no that that's the that's the problem is what is all in gonna be if all in because of what it just did is it's their wrestlemania are you going to make it a traditional yearly pay-per-view so then something has got to be sacrificed
0: well speaking of sacrifice todd maybe is back as the comment king because it sounds like tk's dad pulled in when he should have pulled out oh jesus that deserves a star there you go you got your title back todd it's getting competitive in the chat with the comments i'm not gonna lie I like yeah, it. Yeah, like like well,
1: you know, when well, you don't wear the Trojans and that's this is the <laughs> result you get. Now you got all in and all out.
0: Uh, and the hokey pokies. I mean, yeah. Jesus, man. Anyway, uh Josh also says could the first night be called all in and next night be called all out like WrestleMania 2 night show? Mm, no, nah, I don't think they can. Uh...
1: Well, if you, if you did it, you know, like on a fro- like a Saturday Sunday, I could see all in and all out. You could have done that. Then you I have no would, problem with that, that.
0: Would make more sense, right? Wouldn't it? I mean, night one. But you would. In. You could have done all,
1: all in. in You know, if you did all in at Wembley Stadium, you could have done all all out at the UK of O2 Arena. You know what I mean? I'm just right. I'm just I mean, putting it out there. But you know, you keep it in the London base. But then you got your two night extravaganza. You got a two night feel. That's your WrestleMania, and everybody knows.
0: Well, the thing is, Prof. Let's be honest right what the hell does all out even mean how's that even a, a good name for a pay-per-view because to me that just sounds like we're well out,
1: remember they couldn't they couldn't get the rights to all in yet because right, again, know the, that, but... roh was right. holding that that bag of the all-in trademark and ip so once uh tk bought out roh he he can buy the name too so he he bought the rights so now oh, this is this... what he this is a new toy well, unless
0: you do, like you said, an extravaganza of a night one, night two, it doesn't make sense to hold on to All Out as a pay-per-view.
1: No, I don't. All Out is, is an afterthought, really. That's why All In, you know, if you really concentrate on it.
0: Actually, Lizzie's probably right. They're going All Out for the fans. But do they explain that? How am I supposed to know that? I know it's common sense, Liz. I should know that. But still, <laughs> I'm not thinking like that. But,
1: uh, oh, but anyway. Are they really going All Out with the matches they were already announced? they're
0: definitely getting all out after going yeah. all in, literally. Mm-hmm. See, it's confusing. I have no idea anymore, Prof. That's what AEW yeah. does. And as Tom mm-hmm. would say, cause AEW. <laughs> Lou says, I'm a chick. Common sense, lol. Are you calling us guys dumb? Is that is that how it is? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, look, you know what, man? I think that covers it. I don't know if you want to do... I've already done predictions more than once, but if you want to go over all-in as we go all-out, I'll leave it to you.
1: Well, you know what? I, I think the most in, in interesting match would be the main event and seeing the dynamic between MJF and Adam Cole. I think everybody's really looking at Adam Cole to turn on MJF and then the kingdom will rise, you know, for Cole with, uh, with Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and the kingdom. So, you know, so to Cole's get that. Cole's going
0: to be back in the kingdom again like he was back in the heyday?
1: He better win the title and then be in the kingdom as the leader of the kingdom. That's the only way it works for me.
0: So, you think Cole could actually win the championship?
1: If he turns on MJF the way I think a lot of people are expecting him to, and then to put this group back into a prominent place on TV, yeah, you could do that.
0: Harris says in the chat, and let's face it, if you live in Tel Aviv, you are dumb. <laughs> Why? Come on, bro. Don't give you. Don't, come on. Cut yourself some slack and You're not stupid, just because you live in Tel Aviv. <laughs> Why? Because of all the bombings that go on, you know, Hezbollah and uh, Hamas and all that shit that happens over there.
1: I thought oh, the man. bombings was because of the beans they keep eating. That's that's the bombings uh-huh. I hear. Yeah, uh-huh. you know? it straight just stinks. Back, right? Okay. Yeah, it came from straight from the back.
0: <laughs> Zane says undisputed kingdom. Oh hell no. Please no, no Zane, don't 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 conjure shit, please. Well, anyway.
1: I actually um, agree with that comment, though, Jimmy. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Jesus. And Liz also says, it would be kind of amusing to have them win the Ring of Honor titles and then Cole turns on MJF and takes his title. How will they coexist? I agree. I like that. That would be actually compelling television in some ways, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I hmm mean, I actually agree again, with
0: that. Does Does AEW think that deep? I don't, I'm not too sure, Prof. <sighs>
1: Well, you know, again, somebody has to take a sacrifice and that would be Aussie Open. So, you know, but it's the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Do they really mean anything? So that, that's the thing. It doesn't mean nothing. For, you know, that 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 belt doesn't have prestige because Ring of Honor is just there. It's not the prestigious 20-year co- promotion. It doesn't have a TV deal. So what is on Honor Club? It just doesn't matter. So you can do that, just like Elizabeth said, and see where you go with it. I can, I'm all for it.
0: Well, Zayn thinks that Cole was winning regardless, but they've been peeing in the mud and obviously are dirtying their shoes. I mean I
1: think I think because of the way they've been I think it's more because of the comedy aspect of it. Whether I mean if you get the comedy that they've been doing back and forth, you know, the, the stuff they did with the kids at the outback steakhouse and stuff like that, you know. But they've been doing so much comedy skits to build to this moment. You know, some people, if, if you find it funny, that's one thing, and then that's great television. Or if you just find it like annoying, that's that's another spectrum.
0: No, I'm loving their comedy shit. It's it's pretty funny. But uh, Josh says, uh, while well, he's talking to uh, to Elizabeth particularly, but he says all out MJF is a rematch for AEW World Title and Ring of Honor Tag Titles. And that's, and the, two, that's, that's get... the two. That's the
1: two. That's the Tuesday in Texas trap, you know. Cole uh, wins in front of eighty thousand people, and then what are you gonna do? Have a rematch a week later, there you go. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, and I don't like it. And we all know that the tag match, you know, for the buy-in is the buffer for the main event. And when I say buffer, it's gonna set up all the heebie jeebies come main event. You know what I mean? I I, I personally think that the kingdom mm-hmm. might screw Cole and MJF on winning the tag bouts, but they'll be in cahoots all along with Cole for him to mm-hmm. win. Well, too. Right. That's how I think what.
1: I, I we're, actually so. like the way you know you're you're conjuring that one up right there, Jimmy. That well, that makes all makes the sense. sense. To, like to make right. Cole, to protect Cole because he's trying to protect his friend and stuff like that. So it exactly. works out so that at the main event, Cole can be Cole can screw MJF out of the belt and stuff like that. And I'll say this: here's an unpopular opinion from from me. The tag team title match, FTR, my favorite tag team of all time right now. Against the Young Bucks is a year too late, even if it is in front of 80,000 people, because if people forget last year, remember when the Young Bucks were tag team champions and FTR with the Ring of Honor tag team champions, the AAA tag team champions and the New Japan tag team champions, you could have had that match last year for all the marbles and all that legacy. And I was so stoked on it. And then the Young Bucks said, "Nah, we don't want that right now. We'll we'll go after the the, we'll, we'll make these trios titles. Now you do it a year later just for the namesake. Of course, it's going to be a banger match, but it's a year too late because that that's over with that train is done. And now because of what happened with cash Wheeler and the, and the shit that's going on in Florida with the, the handgun shit now, you could have the Young Bucks beat them. And I call that, and I put an asterisk on that. I'm saying this right now on Uncaged. That's an asterisk if the Young Bucks beat FTR because of circumstances that's beyond FTR's control. I do not like that. I'm calling an asterisk on it. That's the steroid win for the Young Bucks.
0: <laughs> you know what, man? I initially did pick the Bucks to win, right? But then the boys kind of convinced me. So I went back on it. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll stick with FTR. But like you said, the asterisk with the pistola. Is mm-hmm. what I'm worried about, man. And I'm not sure, you know, where that's going to go. But if FTR do lose.
1: You know why. Are- if they do lose, you know why. Because of the circumstances, that's beyond right. TK's control.
0: Absolutely. But the thing is, if you do that, you've got to turn the bucks heel, man. Sure, they might get cheered maybe in the UK right now. But come mm-hmm. Chicago, they're going to get boo- booed out of the building, in my opinion, dude.
1: Yeah, and again, that's the Tuesday in Texas trap. Again, you don't, you don't, you give it a, it's like a week. To, you don't let it marinate. You don't let it right. build on dynamite. You don't let it build on. That's the job of of like, you know, putting the pay per views. Give it a little distance with each other. That's what WWE never did what they did in nineteen ninety one ever again.
0: Yeah, and which is surprising because oh, they did do to Taboo Tuesday actually. Prof, remember that?
1: No, no, but it, but it was a monthly thing, you know, or it was like. You know, let's yeah. say in january they did something and then february it was two taboo tuesday and stuff like that there you have to give it a little bit of distance like a three to you know four week window between pay-per-views is different yeah. than four to seven days of a, of a pay-per-view
0: no you're right absolutely spot on josh says jimmy daddy's a good scenario too thank you or i uh, thank you <laughs> 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 yeah i love that fucking, uh, catchphrase but anyway You know what, man? I think we can take it home. Because, you know what's funny? I'll be back with our very own Chris Ams. Tonight, we're doing the... Well, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. And I've got a bad feeling that we're going to be sifting through quite a bit of wreckage tonight. Usually, we'll do it tomorrow morning. But because All In is on tomorrow, there's no point of doing a wreckage. Mm -hmm. while the pay-per-view is going because I don't think people will really give a shit. So, tonight... Look out for it. It will be on at 10 p.m. or 10.15 p.m. Eastern right here on the Hamid Media Group YouTube page or channel where after the wreckage or after the collision, we will sift through the wreckage. So look out for that at uh 10.15 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be back tonight. Uh, back. Prof, tell them where they can find you, my friend.
1: You can find me on the Xer at uh, PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And, of course, you can find me on the Hami Media Group at powerbeam.com, where I host the most nostalgic podcast out there, the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with myself and Hami Wonder. And, again, right now, this weekend, we did, you know, a a tribute for Michael Davis, the Women of Wrestling the Wild. We did the debut episode from 2001, so, you know, check out that episodic episode. And, again, for next week, we're going to do a PWR Remembers Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, a tribute to both of you know, the people we lost in the world of wrestling.
0: I'm actually looking forward to that, man. Uh, did you tell them where they can follow you on Twitter also, Prof? It,
1: the Xer. I called it P-W-S-O-P-R-O-F. That's P-W-S-O-P-R-O-F.
0: Oh, there you go. It's as simple as that. Also, you can find a reflection at the pwcnetwork.pubbing.com, But if you want to follow me on the X, you can at DJ Mass and you can follow us at the P-W-C Network. Like and subscribe right here at channelattitude.com where for 5 bucks you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling and also HameenMediaGroup.pubbing.com where you find all our affiliate shows, including The Professors. And uh, that's a wrap, Prof. I think we're out. So in saying that, I am Jimmy T. That is The Professor, the magnanimous, the glorious Chebello Veda Cruz. And you've been listening and watching the HMG Rampage Uncaged Show right here on ChannelAttitude.com. And we're out. I uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Peace.